Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Grok Science Show. Today we're talking about one of the most influential mathematicians in the development of computer science and artificial intelligence, Alan Turing. On the show today, we have Dr. Barry Cooper, professor of mathematical logic at the University of Leeds and co-editor of the recently released book, Alan Turing, His Work and Impact, which is a collection of his scientific work and commentaries by those influenced by him. Dr. Cooper will talk about how Turing's work developed into modern computer science and how he contributed to the code-breaking efforts that helped shorten World War II. My interest in Alan Turing goes back an awful long way, actually. I mean, I, 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 was, I, I was working on things that came out of what he did in the pre-war period before I really knew very much about Turing. You know, I, mean, I, was, I was interested in the mathematics, and, and that's, that's what... That's what engrossed me for the first few years. And then I guess um, I found out more. I mean, I, I think uh, Andrew Hodge's um, biography, which came out in the 80s, I, I, think, uh, I, th I think that was my first real engagement with Turing as a person. And of course, it, knowing who he was, you know, it gave me a much, um, a much deeper understanding of um, his work. And uh, there was this, I, I think his work was, was so important to him and was so, so kind of uh, um, part of him as a person that, um, that it, it, it kind of really did help to, to know who Turing was and to, to also uh, engage with the technicalities of his work and so on. And. Uh, and, and of course, things have just ballooned since then. I, I mean, in the last six years, I, I've, I, I mean, you know, I've been on a learning curve along with everybody else, and it's uh, it's been a fantastic experience, really. Um, and for those who don't know, who was Alan Turing, and generally, what made his work so important? Yeah, I, I guess it depends from what, what, depends what your interests are, really. Uh, one of the one of the things about Turing is that um, he, he's well known to different communities um, for different reasons, and um, you know some some people are interested in the the history of the Second World War and, and the role he played in uh, Bletchley Park, and uh, uh, he also visited the, uh, America as well and, and uh, talked to cryptologists uh, there and. Uh, and um, uh, other communities, uh, for instance, um, he, he did uh, late work in um, uh, emergence of patterns in, in nature. You know, the mathematics under, underlay um, things like zebra stripes and uh, patterns on tropical fish and things like that. He, he, he managed to discover mathematics, and then this, this became very important to um, people uh, working in medicine and so on. You know, it was interesting to them to be able to... Uh, um, capture um, the, the development of, um, for instance, cancers in in uh, in, in, a, in a mathematical uh, sense. Um, and then there were there were just pure mathematicians uh, like like myself, and uh, and then there, there were mathematicians that were actually interested in what you couldn't compute, and, and that's my area. And so. Um, the, the famous 1936 paper of Turing. It was it was the, the main point of it was actually showing that. Um, um, algorithms were limited, and, and as, a, as a result of that, it meant that um, uh, that um, computers, when they were um, uh, invented and embodied and uh, became uh, in, in everyday usage, it meant that, um, that they couldn't actually do everything, and that you needed the the human. Uh, 
the human interaction with the with the uh, computer for it to to um, uh, d do um, what it does for us today. And um, uh, so, so I mean, you know, computer scientists will be, will be interested in a very different uh, aspect of Turing to what, say, people who most of the people who go to see, say, the imitation game. Uh, people who go to see the imitation game will be interested very much in Turing as a person and what he did at Bletchley Park and so on. And uh, whereas um, other, others will be interested in something quite quite different. And I, th I think that the interesting thing about Turing, though, is that because um, he, he as a person was so much connected with his own work, um, there's a kind of coherence to it. And so the kind of fundamental thinking he did kind of popped up in many different disciplines, mm -hmm. many different areas. And uh, uh, there's, a, there's a kind of um, a cohesive um, uh, uh, character to the work, which um, which means if you get if you come in through one through one door, you know you 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 you'll eventually end up maybe exploring other parts of the uh, uh, the house, you know, of of science that he he uh, he, he built for us, and uh, it's, uh, it's it's it's, it's I think it's fascinating for, for whichever direction you come from, really. It's, uh, it's very, very interesting. Yeah, it's it's striking how many fields he contributed substantially to. Um, yeah. I think uh, Max Max Newman in your book has a quote, um, or I'm sorry, the book your right. the book you edited saying, the varied titles of Turing's published work disguise its unity of purpose, and it sounds like that's true from your perspective as well. Yeah, I, I think Max Newman. Um, uh, I'm glad you mentioned him because Ma Max Newman was um, had a really good understanding of uh, of Turing, and um, uh, Turing was uh, was very welcome in Newman's family, you know, in in, uh, in uh, uh, Manchester and so on. And uh, Turing, Turing was great with kids, by the way, and uh, <laughs> well, probably know that already. But uh, but um, but yeah, Max Max Newman did really understand uh, Turing very well. And another thing he said about Turing uh, once was that um, uh, Turing was um, was as much um, an applied mathematician as a pure mathematician, and uh, and that was because of the way he kind of thought very basically and uh, about the, the mathematics. And he often had quite um, quite definite physical models of, of the things he was thinking about. So I, I mean, the Turing machine is an abstraction, but it was it was kind of designed to model what um, um, a human computer following instructions would have done before before we actually had electronic computers. And, uh, and so there was a there was a kind of a solidity to, the, to his thinking about uh, about things, which which was. Kind of, kind of. I, I guess what made it kind of adaptable to, to different contexts, really. Yeah. Um, so, so I think it would be helpful to go back to the to the beginning and talk maybe about where computer science was at the time when um, Turing started doing this work. And I think you alluded to this, but um, it seems like maybe there wasn't a clear clear distinction between mathematics and computation, and maybe even logic. At that time, well, I I think uh, I mean uh, that you always get these kind of striking individuals that kind of muddy the simplicities that you want to voice. Right. But, uh, but uh, essentially, what one one would say, well, you know, before before the computer age, um, 
computation was done by um, calculating machines, essentially. So, if if you wanted to, um, if you, if you wanted a particular computational job done, then then you, you built a machine that was just um, uh, geared to doing that particular job, and and uh, and, and there, there were there were various people that that did this sort of thing and, and, and built very clever machines, you know, to do particular jobs. But I think um, uh, Charles Babbage and uh, Ada Lovelace, you know, the work of theirs in the 19th century kind of muddies the waters a little bit because uh, they, they, they really had the, um, um, the notion of a programmable computer back then. It's just the engineering wasn't really up to actually, um, you know, building a machine that, that, that uh, fulfilled the ambitions that they had. Um, so, and, and, and I think uh, Turing eventually uh, became aware of, of this seminal work in the, in the, in the 1900s and, uh, and gave it credit. But, uh, but I think when he did his work, he didn't really know anything about Babbage and, and uh, Ada Lovelace and so on. Um, it's, it's interesting, they, they had a programming language that um, they, uh, they called after Ada Lovelace in the end. Uh, Ada is, is, was called after her. I think it was the, um, uh, the security service in the United States that, uh, that gave the language that name, the, the, the people at the Pentagon. Um, so, yeah, so, so, um, so the, the, in, in history, essentially, um, uh, building a machine to do a particular job, it meant actually um, uh, adapting the hardware if you wanted something different done. And uh, what um, what came out of the logic and you know the work of Kurt Gödel and, and uh, Alonzo Church and uh, and particularly Turing was was the idea that um, if if you if you um, uh, if if you told the machine in in particularly um, uh, clever ways to do things, um, you could actually you know if you if you, if you built the uh, the hardware just in, in, a, in such a way that it could. Um, act on on this uh, could adapt to the, these um, uh, these instructions in input in, in terms of uh, data. Then uh, you could actually get different jobs done w without having to change the hardware. And I, I think there was a kind of inter, inter, uh, kind of um, uh, a, a period a period where where um, we were kind of a, a, in an in between world. You know where where. Uh, we had things like punch tapes and punch cards and so on, and or and, or, or you you change the wiring, you know, around, you know, and so you had you had a kind of level of of uh, programmability, but not the universal um, uh, machine that that, mm. Turing, that was in Turing's paper in 1936. So the the, the universal machine, uh, um, John von Neumann was 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 the person who really kind of. Recognise the importance of the the, the the stored program aspects of the universal Turing machine, and he um, he was incredibly um, uh, influential in in the building of computers. Uh, you know, soon after the Second World War, with and, and he, he recognised the kind of connection to what Turing was talking about. Uh, you know, in, in a talk in uh, I think it was around about 1948 or something. The uh, uh, the Hickson Symposium in in California. Um, so, so yes, so so it's 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 it was a crucial it was it, it was a it was a crucial step forward. I think was the stored program idea, the, the fact that you you know you didn't use punch cards and and uh, you know do you know uh, 
you use plugs in different sockets and so on. You actually, your, your actual program was fed in in exactly the same form as as the kind of um, uh, things that you wanted to do computation on. So, and, and then then of course it meant that so when when you'd got your um, program in the machine uh, stored, you could actually use the computational power of the of the uh, computer to actually modify the software, and that, that's kind of that's kind of common or garden to us nowadays, and, and um, our um, software providers will even modify uh, modified the software on our machine without us knowing it. You know, we'll, we'll sign up to, to uh, getting automatic updates, and, and uh, the, all all that is essentially enabled by the the universality of the uh, of the uh, you know the Turing machine model, anyway. So it sounds like it really influenced the way that moders, modern computers work. Um, do you think that um, computers, the way we know them now, would have come about if it weren't for him? Yeah, I, I mean, I think about this. I think science is slightly different. You know, I mean, um, I, I think you could say that, well, um, Shakespeare's Hamlet wouldn't have come about if it hadn't been for Shakespeare, you know. But... Um, but um, but I think scientific advances. I think what what we are what we are clear about is that um, advances of science do depend on people, and then you then you look at people like you know von Neumann or or Turing or, or whatever, and you say, well, they were the best of us, you know, and uh, so without without this human enterprise um, with these remarkable people involved, it wouldn't have been done. But uh, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think um, one, of, one of the interesting things about the development of the computer is, is the, um, the kind of interaction between the theorists and the engineers and uh, people like Turing and von Neumann. They, they kind of made the connection. They, they actually, um, they, they, were, they were very clever theorists, but, um, but they did get engaged with the... Um, the, the, the very the major problems of actually um, embodying the, the computing machine, and um, the, the, there's been a kind of friction between the theorists and, and, and the engineers. You know, they, they they each do their own jobs, and they kind of appreciate the difficulties of what they do. Um, and um, it's 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 an unusual person, you know, that that manages to kind of inhabit both worlds and. Uh, and understand the the, product, uh, the problems on both sides. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't. I, I mean, I I wouldn't. Com- I, I'm, I'm sure we'd have. <laughs> I'm sure we'd have got uh, computers. You know, without uh, without any of the named people that we've mentioned. You know, I mean, uh, there would there are many remarkable people that uh, it, it could have taken a lot longer. I mean, it, we we could. Uh, we might not have computers now, actually, you know, if it hadn't been for, say, uh, uh, Turing and von Neumann and people like that. But, uh, but you know, I mean, it, I think eventually it's like evolution, you know, uh, evolution. Uh, um, uh, you, you can't predict the pace it's going to go at, but, uh, but you know, things do, do eventually emerge. Right. Um, so another very commonly known uh, contribution of Alan Turing was the Turing test, which um, tests the intelligence of a machine. Yeah, yeah. Um, this kind of really connects up with the fact that actually, um, although Turing is in many ways best known for opening the door to computability and, and the, um, the, the, you know, the, the store program computer, 
Um, actually, Turing's, in a sense, main interest was what you could do beyond what the computer could do. And so the 1936 paper, the main point of that was to um, um, prove that um, there were not algorithms to do, uh, to do certain um, tasks that uh, David Hilbert um, had um, um, asked for back in uh, the beginning of the, uh, the 20th century. So, and, and, then, and then there are all sorts of aspects of Turing's work, which are kind of like uh, pushing at the bounds of what the computer can do. Uh, when you look at, um, so when you look at the artificial intelligence, he, he was um, he, he was really um, interested in. Um, uh, he, he would have liked the, the human brain to have been a Turing machine, and he, I mean, you could imagine it, that there was a certain amount of excitement in coming up with a model that was very powerful and uh, and uh, was was the basis for modern computers and so on. And there, he, he is quoted as saying in 1944, you know, he was, he was busy um, uh, involved in, you know, building early computers. And he says, I'm building a brain. And um, in a sense, you know, that, that's what he was doing. But, um, but he, he, was, um, he, he was willing to ad admit um, uh, counter-information to, uh, to, to, to the models that he was working with. And um, I think with the Turing test, he was he he was really um, accepting that um, uh, th this was a kind of very kind of concrete acceptance of the fact that uh, computers can't do everything. And um, for instance, um, he he says at the beginning of his uh, paper in in Mind, um, he he says that um, uh, us asking. Uh, uh, asking about intelligence and uh, the extent to which a machine can think, he, he says, "Well, that's um, that's not a very well-defined uh, question." <laughs> and um, um, and so, what, what what happens in the Turing test is that, um, for a start, he's comparing the machine with the human. So, so that the the goal for the the the, um, the goal for the computing machine is to um, uh, um, appear to think as well as a human, and then um, and then the judge is also a human. So there you've got the um, behind the screen, you've got the, the human and you've got the machine, and they're answering questions. Uh, and um, the the judge who's 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 um, who has to discern between these these two candidates has to decide which is the machine, which the, which is the human. And it's a human judge, and, and so you, you, you're kind of admitting, in in, in that sense, that um, there isn't an algorithm, there isn't a, there isn't already a computer that can decide which is which, um, uh, and uh, you, you know it's, it's really not algorithmic some of the, some of these tasks that uh, that you're asked to do, and in particular, you know, identifying intelligence is is something that is really complicated, and of course the um, I mean just a, just a Give an example. I, 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 I mean, the IQ tests were, were, when I was uh, when I was young were, were kind of all the rage, and this, this was how you uh, identified intelligence was um, um, people having a, a, a high IQ. And of course, now we know that there are people that um, don't have particularly high IQs that do fantastically imaginative and creative work. 
and there um there are people with high IQs who are incredibly boring you know <laughs> you know i mean it's um it, in the sense that you know that they that they're competent but uh, but they don't do um uh, they're not remarkable in the sense that you know say einstein or or turing or or uh, such such people were um great so uh just because we are running out of time, um, I wanted to definitely touch on the fact that Turing also famously participated in the code-breaking efforts in World War II at Bletchley Park. Um, is it known exactly what his contributions were, or is some of that still classified? Well, it, it's funny. I, I think because um, because Turing was, um, in a sense, lost for, to us for such a long period. Because, you know, partly because of the security, and partly because the um, the kind of the, the kind of concepts were, were unfamiliar. Um, I, I think some of the things that, uh, and of course, I mean, definitely uh, what happened at Bletchley Park is, is was uh, you know um, fairly well um, uh, hidden from from us, and still is, of course. Um, but uh, one of the things he did, which um, which I don't see much mention of, which was that he brought um, uh, Bayesian sampling and statistical methods to to the decrypting. And this is this is this is one example of where um, it's it's a similar kind of um, um, problem across different areas because now, now there's a lot of attention on uh, to. Um, uh, big data and so on, and once again, uh, in comes the, um, the, the the statistical methods, the way of identifying patterns uh, uh, using um, uh, use, using sampling and approximation and so on. And this is what Turing, um, crucially, I think, was quite quite originally brought to um, the work at, at Bletchley Park, and, and this was the basis of the uh, use of the machines. Of course, the um, um, it, it is true that the uh, use of machines had been done by the, the Poles, by you know very clever cryptologists in, in Poland before the Second World War. But uh, at Bletchley Park, they they used them, they uh, they developed the machines uh, uh, along different lines, and, and uh, the, the the kind of uh, um, statistical methods that Turing and um, uh, one or two of his uh, colleagues uh, uh, developed. Um, turned out to be quite uh, quite original and very very important, and and so they. they um, I think uh, if it, when you when you're at school and you start doing a bit of decrypting, then then uh, you do, you do very basic sort of pattern analysis. You know, you look for you you look for um, uh, you know uh, frequencies of the letter E and so on. Well, that they did something rather more complicated than that. The sort of patterns they were looking for was were. were and, and the way and the way in which they did it were, were kind of much more uh, sophisticated and, and based in, say, particularly Bayesian uh, sampling and so on. Just oh, I, could, I should say that the uh, the machines themselves, of course, were incredibly important. I mean, you couldn't have uh, you couldn't have done the decrypting in real time without the without without the machines and uh, uh, the, the, Turing's understanding of. Um, uh, uh, of how you go about building a computing machine where it was certainly uh, important uh, in, at Bletchley Park. Just looking at those machines, I can't imagine that a person could do what they can do. They're very complicated looking. Um, oh, it's very exciting. Yeah, if you, if you, if you go to Bletchley Park and see the uh, the rebuilds, you know, then uh, um, it, it's, uh, I mean, just the noise they make. I mean, I, I think they... <laughs> 
and I'm told that uh, the people who worked with these machines, they, 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 they generate a lot of heat. You know, they were, they were kind of uh, real monsters, these machines, very exciting in a way, you know, very noisy, uh, generated a lot of heat. And uh, people worked, you know, all hours on these machines in order to... Uh, uh, in order to get the results they wanted, because now and now our, our computers are so powerful that um, and uh, so sophisticated that uh, you know uh, uh, even even our um, even our smartphone is, is, has more computing power than the machines they used at uh, Bletchley Park. Um, just just I, I want to ask you one last question. So um, I know that you've spoken to people who knew Turing um, and. I think his yeah. per his personal yeah. life is a subject of great interest for many people. Some of it is wonderful. Some of it is quite tragic. Um, how do you kind of see his life overall? Was he was it a happy life? Um, um, I, I'm just thinking back to one of his school reports where um, um, one of his teachers that kind of understood him and supported him um, said that um, he seems happy enough, but he's not quite sure that this is always the case. You know, I, I forget the exact words, but it's, uh, I, I think Turing was extremely good at um, uh, not appearing to be unhappy. And um, um, I, I think part of it is, is his early life. You know, I mean, he was fostered while his parents were in uh, India and then he went to boarding school. And I, I think there's a certain level of pride in not, not appearing a victim. And I, I think he would, he would um, he would um, make a joke out of things that were, you know, probably a source of, um, you know, probably something uh, to do with unhappiness in in, in his life. And the, the letter he writes to Norman Ruck, uh, Rutledge, uh, where he says, um, you, he just sends the letter, yours in distress, Alan, where he's been joking about, you know, the, the kind of fact that he's been, uh, that he, he's going to be prosecuted in 1952. And... Um, but uh, yours in distress, it, it kind of is more powerful, you know, because of the kind of um, the understatedness of it. And uh, I, I think I think probably he was um, um, I, he, he was a little isolated in his life. Uh, I, I think. I mean, he did, he did lose his best friend and uh, uh, a friend that kind of shared, you know, scientific interests as well as uh, being close to him personally. And. Uh, and I, I'm not sure he ever really got over that, and people people speculate about it. Of course, he, he never kept a diary, so so uh, at least we don't, we don't have a diary, so we, we don't we don't really know. Also, I mean, his psychologist notes uh, I think were destroyed by his brother John um, um, after after Alan died. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing is, I, I, I mean, I. My take on it is that actually Alan was happy with his science. You know, mm -hmm. if, when the uh, when the work was going well, I I think that was a uh, that was that was a fulfilled life for him, it, and it, it, was, it was an amazing twenty years his his career really. I mean, if it, when you think of the extent of what he did in that twenty years, including you know being uh, being in Bletchley Park for um, you know uh, four or five years, um, I, it's. Um, um, yeah, I actually, I, I mean, this this kind of relates to his last his last couple of years, really, because I think not only did he worry about the fact that he'd lost, um, he, he'd kind of been humiliated by by the court case, and this this in a sense reflected on his science. He worried he he kind of worried that people wouldn't respect his science as much 
because of that. But then there was also the effect, the effect of the um, the medical intervention on 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 his mind, you know. And, and uh, uh, Norman Rutledge again, I think on the web, on the um, on YouTube, you can find a, a kind of uh, an interview with, with Norman Rutledge, and, and he he um, he, um, he speculates that Alan thought that maybe um, his mind wasn't quite as sharp as it was, you know, when he was making uh, his great discoveries. And, uh, and th- this would have, this would have um, undermined him as um, um, a fulfilled person tremendously. And so one could imagine that, uh, that uh, this would play a role in, in his eventual uh, death in, in 1954. Well, I'm sure his personal life is covered in much more detail in the movie *The Imitation Game*, which is coming out later this month in the U.S. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think *The Imitation Game* is is great on uh, uh, Turing psychology. Yeah, I, I think it, it's it's very good. You know, it's very good at kind of dramatizing what was going on inside uh, inside um, him as a person who was. You know, in, in, of course, in, in Britain in those days, you know, stiff upper lip and all that, you know, it wouldn't have been quite so obvious. But they, they've drawn it out in, in the movie, and I think that's that's really good. Great. Um, and, again, a lot of his science work is covered in this book that you have compiled, Alan Turing, his work in Impact. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm particularly... Um, uh, I, I, I love the book. I mean, you know, I say it myself. It's um, and and part, I, I mean the, the funny thing is I was so busy um, editing the book that I didn't actually have time to write anything myself. I mean I've written things in other places since, but uh, I, I wrote a preface, of course. But uh, um, but um, th- th- there's there's like seventy people with all sorts of interesting takes on what Alan did, and and so. Uh, so I, I, I really like the fact. For instance, I mean, there's like 16 people of. of I, we asked we asked the um, we asked the contributors to um, write on what they were interested in, what they wanted to. And so it wasn't surprising. There were 16 people wanted to um, write on the, the 1936 paper, okay. and uh, there's no duplication. They, they've all found something different to talk about in that paper, and that we were, we, we didn't have to. Um, uh, uh, we didn't have to grumble about them duplicating. You know, it just happened, and and uh, and there's so many interesting things there. Um, I, I mean, I can think of particular examples. There are, there are people written on the morphogenesis and, and the artificial intelligence, and uh, in very interesting ways. There's, there's a piece by uh, Rodney Brooks, who's, who who you wouldn't expect to be a big Turing admirer because he works in a more empirical way on artificial intelligence than uh, than you know the direction taken by the. Uh, logicians in in the early days, but um, he, he says at the end of his piece, he says something about um, you know um, Turing thought it all before us. You know, <laughs> and uh, I, I think it's a very uh, it's a very kind of nice indication of the extent to which uh, Alan has uh, impacted on the, the modern science. You know, and, and and I think the book kind of reflects that. You know, there's a, there's a lot of um, as well as Turing's work, there's a, there's a lot of kind of people talking about the relevance of uh, Turing to what's going on now. And, and a, lot, a lot of problems, a lot of things we don't understand still, you know, which, uh, which Turing, you know, was, uh, was, uh, were, were issues for, tu- for Turing, I think. Again, that was Professor Barry Cooper, co-editor of the book Alan Turing, His Work and Impact. Turing's code-breaking work in World War II is the subject of the 2014 film The Imitation Game, coming out November 28th in the U.S., which is next Friday. 
It's starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Kiera Knightley, and it's supposed to be pretty good. So go check that out next week and join us next time here on the Grox Science Show. For Charles Lee Franklin and the rest of the Grox crew, I'm Samantha Thomas. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.